0: Welcome to Twelve Rows Back. We bring you footy from the fans' perspective. Uh, five rounds in, we're almost a quarter of the way through the year. Tom, welcome back! Welcome back! I should start there, shouldn't I? Yeah, I was going to say it's it's been a while.
1: Just a bit of a timing thing with me. Obviously, away on the uh, honeymoon, baby moon trip, and then came home and caught COVID, so a little bit of a one-two there, and I've missed a couple of weeks, bit like a few of the Eagles boys, just, just uh, COVID protocols for me, and just had a little rest, refresh, ready to go, caught the uh, round five action, pumped to get back into it with you, Seb. I did listen to uh, Pat and Sammy, great jobs there, but uh, let's leave it to the original two this week.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's good to have you back. Uh, I, I had a few people telling me there wasn't anywhere near enough Saints content in the last two weeks, which, you know, is what the people come for.
1: True. It did sound like a clip of Pat and Sammy. I listened to them thoroughly, enjoyed them both. So, yeah, probably a lack of Saints, I'll give them that. But uh, uh, two good takes uh, from them there, and good to know we've got uh, the growing 12 rows back uh, call upside. Um I'm sure there'll be a few more to come throughout the year, but... Uh, I mean, I'm happy to go Saints off the top if you want, Seb, for old time's sake, but I'm sure we'll get to them in our review. We've got a huge agenda tonight.
0: We do. There's a lot to cover. Um, I was actually going to ask you, and and this is is a great little segue, if I do say so myself, Uh, your last podcast was just after round two, and between now and then, the rules for umpire respect and dissent and all that sort of stuff have actually completely changed, so... Like it's actually a new rule now. Are you, have you kept up with it? Do you understand what's going on?
1: <laughs> nah, nah. I can fully say. Look, might might have uh, missed a dash of round three. Had to catch up on that one, uh, but you know, <clears throat> after that, just home isolating. So footy, footy kept me going during those times. Kept up with it, and I've got a sore neck from shaking my head that much at it. Seb. it is, it is. Turned a little bit embarrassing for our great sport, the state that it's in, and I I don't like it.
0: You're not a fan. We should be able to abuse the umpires, should we?
1: Nah, abuse is a little strong, but I think the word dissent has been taken for an absolute run. So I don't want swearing at umpires, and I don't want umpires feeling intimidated, but surely common sense should prevail, something the AFL struggles with, and common sense as well. If a player's frustrated... That is not dissent in any way, shape, or form.
0: Surely. No. Uh, generally, no. Um, the, uh, the, the the thing that gets me right with this rule is I don't care whether it's there or not. Right? It doesn't affect me. doesn't affect my life. doesn't affect anything. It, it just... It is a rule. Where the frustration comes in is the way it's being policed. Now... And you've got you to gotta pay attention. You've got to keep up with the AFL. I'll take you back whenever it was first announced six or seven weeks ago. One of the things I actually pointed out was you could not point... You could not be talking to an umpire and point at the big screen. Even though they're new sexy scoreboards at Marvel, you can't point at them. Get Pointing the replay out to the umpire. That was deemed disrespectful and going to be 50. Then two guys do it in the Hawthorne game and everyone loses their minds over something that was declared prior to round one that that was going to be 50 so that's people not keeping up with the rule but where it gets really frustrating is players have been putting their arms out for the first five weeks and then in the brisbane geelong brisbane collingwood game harris andrews sticks his arms out it's called 50 he says mate you stuck your arms out that's descent that's 50 that was never told to us that was never policed no other umpire seemed to pay that across the whole weekend And now we're being told that's correct and that's the rule. And so it's genuine rules on the fly. But ironically, this is actually a rule that could be black and white. You stick your arms out, it's 50. Don't stick your arms out. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That's crystal clear. It can't be argued. And yet the umpires can't seem to police that. So I don't know what chance they have.
1: Well, uh, yeah, look, good points. I I think, yeah, like you say, I mean, the, the, the first game Thursday night, usually Friday now, but, um, you know, that, that sets the tone. So that that's just where it drove us all mad because of the inconsistency. And then in the last game of the round, really late in that game, it bobbed up again. So that's probably where we're all struggling in the fact that, yeah, look, it might be clear, but it is really inconsistent across the board, across games. I know on Saturday at the Suns Saints game, it was happening all day there. Blues power, it was happening all day there. It, it It's... <laughs> Yeah, it's just not a good look. I don't think that that gets a fifty meter penalty as well. So it's a fifty meters is a pretty harsh penalty at the best of times. So to see it for that kind of incident, maybe I, I guess yeah, you're trying to say the letter of the law, you know, and and go strict and follow it. But I'm also saying it's just a shocking look for the game. I, like that that kind of thing shouldn't be fifty. That's a lot of power in the umpire's hands, isn't it?
0: No, no no more so than they usually have. Um, no one's been trying to stamp out the insufficient intent appealing for a free kick, where the players just let the ball go over and stick their arms out. No one said that's a bad look for the game and we need to stamp it out. But now this arm's in 50 years in, it's a bad look.
1: You, yeah, well, yeah, true. Do you think it's putting more heat on umpires? I've heard that argument in that, you know, obviously it is brought into... Uh you know, to bring a bit of peace to the umps, but it's actually having the reverse effect in that now everything's more highlighted, everything's more intense, the, the abuse, you know, for these incidents are more intense. Is it actually worse off for umps?
0: Tom, I've seen, I've seen umpires, or well maybe I was going to use an Essendon game as an example, but I don't think I've ever got one of those right. Um, I've seen umpires umpire games perfectly correctly for the whole game, and yet there's still a supporter base that walks out disappointed. So they're never going to get it right they're never no one's ever going to be completely happy. Um, I think we all agree and the AFL the AFL always looks big picture at these things you, you can't say they don't. They put a team in Gold Coast they've been terrible for ten years they're not going to give up on that investment yet they're going to keep it there for another 30 forty even if they're terrible, the investment is in grassroots and you're going to see more kids picking up the game and picking up like that. The Giants are the same, even though they've had some success. They're still It's more of a, a long-term grassroots thing. This is not to appease the fans for this year or the next five years. This is so 10, 20, 30 years down the track, we've still got all the umpires necessary. And they're talking grassroots because you've got the women's competitions popping up. And that's not just... Oh, you you, you play an extra women's team. You've got uh, the girls under eights. I think they go under eights, tens, twelves because there aren't enough, but that's just going to keep growing. They need the umpires there. I I think the umpires should probably have a say in it, but they're trying to do something, and whether it's right or wrong, I just think we need the rule, and we play under the rules we're given. Like, (laughs) there are so many grey area rules. They need to keep this one as black and white as they can.
1: Well, I mean, your man uh, Brad Scott did come out today, and he did give a black and white answer, and he said, "Look, they were right, and we're going to keep doing it." So usually they do go to the old grey area and have it both ways. So now they've locked themselves in. No, well, let's see what happens. But hi,
0: him saying they were right is like um, uh, Max King. I'd say he has twelve shots on goal, six goals, six out in the full, and you saying, "Yeah, well, he kicks six straight for the day." Like it's it's really not telling the whole picture, is it? Because They they were all right, which means the other six were wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, look, it does skip out on it. I mean, like I said, I mean, they're controlling narratives. But, like, what are we going to see this weekend? Are we going to see arms failing about or are we just going to, yeah, are they going to ease? I mean, to me, I could see, you know, in, in about 10 weeks' time, we won't be talking about this arms thing at all.
0: No, well, this weekend. It does we, have. It. Remember the first game of the Amy Community Series. Melbourne gave away eight fifties. How many have they given away since? Nowhere near as many. The players will adjust quickly and get on with it. We just need something to talk about, and there's a bit of hysteria around it. Um, the The thing is that the big talking one is this Hawkins one, and I want to ask you about the staging and diving in a second, but. It was, it was outlined to all clubs. If you point at the screen, that's 50. This was not the arms out thing that wasn't outlined and suddenly is now a rule that's being pushed. This was outlined at the start of the year. I knew it. I'm not in club land. I, I knew that was a rule. And both players have done it, arguing to the umpire after a free kick. So if that wasn't paid, then the rule was just destined to fail.
1: Yeah, look a little little bit of a scoop there. Well, I mean, like you say, the AFL beds in, so they're not going to let it fail. So I feel like even in the face of the lack of support and the fans up in arms, that they're going to they're going to hold hold fat. So oh, and they should, and they should. I'm with you. Maybe it won't change.
0: So this this tomahawk incident, it's always Tom Hawkins involved in these somehow. I I'll say this all the time, but you know he was the jumper punch guy. He was the push in the back guy last week. Now he's the uh, the diver. Um, do you think he should have got well, a fine? He also
1: hit the post in 09, didn't he? And they changed the rules after that one too. So he does have a, a sense for it. What game? Let me bring up the 09 granny. I was
0: going to say, was that the granny you're talking?
1: Nah, there wasn't a granny Cats in that by year. 12. Um, uh, six and siren went. Um, I can't hold on to anything with that one. Um, th- yeah, look, it, he, he does have a habit, I guess, of... Of being that guy. that That's actually a fair track record now that you mention it. Whether or not it's just the elevated platform the Cats are on given that they've been uh, reasonably successful uh, and they play a lot of big games that a lot of people watch and he's the man down for, uh, up forward for them but yeah, that, that's a fair track record. Um, look, I thought he was going to get fined. I guess if you really want to be technical I guess he, he exaggerated contact as they've said. He didn't quite take it Dive, I guess it, it was exaggeration. Diving, I mean, it's a really thin line. Um, it was a free kick, though. I no, I thought he was going to get fined. It was... Oh, I mean, they've paid softer than that, but um, oh, yeah, I guess uh, it was a. No, I, I'm just thinking. I'm I'm replaying it in my head, and I'm like, he, the the contact added to it. I think he did. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that you're right. Then a free kick was probably on the cards, but I don't think he needed to quite milk it that badly.
0: Yeah, well, there's
1: there's milking. I saw in a uh, post match interview, he's sort of saying, "Oh yeah, Frosty's a big guy. Frosty's half the size of Tomahawk, so he's yeah, but he if can't really use that as a defence. Nah,
0: see, this is what people are forgetting. If you're what's that saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. If Tom Hawkins is launching and gets pushed, he's gonna go further because he's gotta launch more power into his jump. He's gotta lift more. Like the the logic doesn't stack up to me. Um you can tell I, I accept the argument with the way his arms and legs went out that he was exaggerating to an extent, although if you watch his eyes, they watch the ball the whole time. And he's got he's got eyes for the footy. Frosty never had eyes for the footy, so that's to me why it's a clear free kick. And the staging it, Harry Mackay got done because he marked it. There was no need for him to yeah, even... Yeah, that,
1: that's the example, is there, there was
0: no contact, and yet they brushed and he fell down. Whereas Hawkins has jumped, he's been pushed, and then he's tried to stick his arms and legs out to either make it obvious, or you could argue he was trying to still sticking his arm out at the ball as best he could. Um, if people want that find, then... I mean, the AFL is going to be making more money in the coffers every week because... Players are doing it left, right and centre. Every time someone throws their head back should be a fine, if th- if that's the case, which has not been the rule for a long time. Again, they need to change the rules on the fly yeah. to start finding that. Although, idiots in the media carried on like Johnny Ralph. Yeah, he'll be fine for that. We expect him to be fined. It just if Harry Mackay, like they're on such different levels...
1: Nah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It was, yeah, in the contest exaggerated, but I would say, yeah, the momentum of the moment might have gotten the better of him. He probably, as you say, the eyes were on the ball. Um, The Harry one's the one you want to get out because that was just basically... On his two feet, faking like Thomas was in a contest and exaggerated. So I'll, I'll give you that one there. I'm interested uh, in terms of finding staging. And Lindsay Thomas has probably saved a few thousand over his career that this wasn't uh, wasn't part of the game uh, back in his time. But um, yeah, look, he, he got he got away with one, I reckon. There, uh, Tomer, and and he'll uh, I guess. Yeah, he'll move on from it pretty quickly. It won't it won't bother him. But I'm with you. I mean, yeah, th- this Monday game it was the talking point. It really got exaggerated, probably because you throw that on top of the fifty that came from some arms up, and it was just the perfect storm of issues. Really, <laughs> uh,
0: after this weekend, it was. It was. I before we get into the grades, I want to ask you one more MRO issue. Uh, Tex Walker. Sort of running at Trent Cochin, Cotchin's on the ground They're going over the boundary yep. line You see Cotchin clearly studs up Push his foot Kick Taylor Walker And they've decided there was minimal contact And not enough to warrant a suspension We're effectively saying If you brace for contact like Patty Ryder We don't want that Get out for a week But if you kick someone As long as you don't really kick him properly Because you don't get him in the head Nothing to see here No fine play on is that right? What did you make of that incident?
1: Yeah, yeah I know. I, I'm, I'm still tearing my hair out about that Paddy Ryder one. Look, if you had to give it a, a week, I'd be okay with that, but two is excessive. Um, I've seen some good commentary on this. He is one of the most bizarre reps in our game, Trent Conchett. Off, off field, he is as clean-skinned as you'll find, but on field, Jeezy's had some niggle and Jeezy's had some close calls and he's really gotten away with a few incidents. I know you love bringing up the 2017 Dylan Sheil one, Seb. That's almost one of your favourites. But, but he, he, he bumped I, him in I, that... I, he, kind of, I he, agreed with Tex in that conchin like, rep-induced probably got away with one here because not many other players in the comp would have. If Can you imagine if Toby
0: Green did the same thing? He would have got eight. He would have been deregistered, Toby. Um, great to yeah. see him back this weekend. Um serving that lengthy man. Uh look, I agree with Taylor. You know, that if if roles were reversed, he would have copped a suspension. Um but like you you, you lie in the bed you make. And he's he's won no fans over based on his, his comments late last year. Um what I'm really getting really sick of in the AFL world Probably more. This is probably more the fans' perspective fans' side of things. But I've uh, I've been very active on Twitter at Twelve Rose Back Tom. If anyone's had a chance, I'm oh, just loving the work there. Seb. I'd sit in my little studio just here, watch follow, the game. Right. I've, I've, my thoughts are just coming. People are saying it was okay for Cotchin to do because he's a three time Premiership captain, or it was only kicking a racist. Um, Tech shouldn't have even been playing. He's lucky to even be playing, and all this sort of stuff, and. You can have your opinion on that to one side. You, these incidents can't be graded on what jumper they're wearing, what they've done in the past and all that sort of stuff. You've got to grade it and then w- work out whether it's worthy of the suspension or not. And then if it really is, if they've got a really bad record, you take that into account. But to say because of something that happened last year that was completely unrelated to cochin, now this one's okay... And Richmond fans were up in arms about it. I had a little fun at that, poking fun at that. It's just the <laughs> the, the idea that you cannot change is starting to be ingrained in people. And it, it, like once a like once a racist, always a racist. Tex will never be able to get that monkey off his back, or that stigma attached to it. Um, but that doesn't actually factor into someone else kicking him. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. But for some reason, it kept getting brought up across social media, which I just cannot understand.
1: Couldn't agree with you more, Seb. Real, real good take on that one. I, I'm, I'm in full agreement. Like, if it was any two other players, it's judged just purely on its merits. Yeah, I'm with you. It's got nothing to do with the the people involved. It's the incident that, that occurred. So. Um, Unless it was
0: like someone on the Giants, he he
1: was was super lucky, Cochin. I mean, was was there any commentary that you saw about that?
0: Oh, well, Well, yeah. I think someone called him a protected species, and then the comment was, "Yeah, a three-time premiership captain is a protected species." And I'm like, "Shouldn't have played in 2017, my friend." Like he, Shield had his head over the ball, and Cochin elected to bump and bump him in the head, and he got off. Whereas. So many other incidents, you got weeks for that. But um, I I just thought I'm fascinated that you can kick studs up. Everyone carries on about Toby Green because he put his studs up to protect himself, and I think it was Dalhouse ran into him. And there were calls for... I think, did he get suspended for that or no?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, good question off the top. I think he was okay. Uh, Oh. No you you're scratching my mind. I think he got off on that one. I could be wrong about that one, but I feel like they let him off but it was it changed the way that's adjudicated from then on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um if it was Toby, he would have yeah, he would have had like a royal commission investigated into what he did, which I just can't understand, but uh look Richmond, they're not going down with Grace. I can tell you that much.
1: Nah, look, we, we've had Richmond up and now they're sort of back where we used to have them before that run, I think, for the Tigers and, and uh, that's sort of classic Tigers, really, if, if you go through it. Um, but yeah, look, a couple, of, a couple of key forwards involved there, Seb. It's good to see them coming back to the front and centre of our game.
0: Yeah, always, always good to see a key forward. Uh, grading, Tom. Do you want to? Do you want to try and whiz through some of these? Like we won't spend too long on them. Yeah, I'll... but let's let's go grading. Yeah, I
1: was going to say we're, we're thinking back to last Thursday, literally. <laughs> with Brisbane S- Collingwood. By that the time, time this is being
0: heard, heard it's about a week ago. Yeah, uh, Brisbane hosted Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood probably did, in my eyes, a lot better than Isis expected. Uh, but the Lions just. Too classy, too good across the ground. A goal late sort of flattered the margin a little bit. It was sort of two to three goals, pretty much from midway through that second quarter. Um, I would have, I'd give this a double pass from from where I was sitting. It was it was a good game of footy. There were goals, it was flowing. Um, it just Collingwood probably did a little bit better than I expected, but I'm 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 not into the honourable losses, so they're not getting any better than a pass.
1: Yeah, I weighed that, that up as well, mate. I thought, you know, could it be a distinction for the Pies, given they were against pretty good opposition on their home deck, but look, they they didn't win, and yeah, the scoreboard flattered them. So um, it, it was your classic, uh, you know, big brother, little brother, just one hand out, not letting the little brother get any closer. They always seem to have their measure, but they did stay within range, the Pies. That was probably because of Jordan Goey who was kicking goals from absolutely everywhere, but... Um, yeah, you let Lockie Neil run right and that'll happen. Um, and Joe Danaher back in goal-kicking form up the top of the common. Metal board, a bit of a sight for Sora. Bomber's eyes there. He is back and fit and... Uh, Lincoln McCarthy, I should shout out this week playing his hundredth game. He's just another one that the good weather of Brisbane is uh, is doing well by. And you know, Cockatoo, Marcus Adams, uh, they're all firing and fit up in the warmth of Queensland. So, uh, yeah, did what they had to do. To the Lions definitely a double pass for it, me.
0: Yep, the Lions will definitely be judged on their September performance this year. But uh, Good Friday, it was a real interesting early clash at marvel uh it was over at quarter time it was back on at half time. and then the second half sort of played as you'd expect with the dogs kicking away but not really sinking the boots in it was um 45 points at halftime and finished at geez i'm doing some quick maths here 68 points so sorry 45 points at quarter time finished at 68 points so from there it was a relatively even contest in a lot of ways but uh, the Dogs were too good And look Their record probably isn't Reflective of where they're actually at But they're just sort of They're just missing a few key pillars And they've fallen short Against some good sides I mean They lost to Melbourne They just beat Sydney They've lost to Carlton Like They're going to be around the mark The Dogs And they're probably If you look at the eight They're probably the one team That comes in And someone's got to slip out Of that group Which um, You know The, the they're just travelling at the, at the moment, the Dogs. Uh, i give the Dogs a pass and the ruse a fail because you can't come out at, and just have the game over at quarter time, although they did fight back and, you know, it was just a bit of a nothing sort of finish in, in that game.
1: Well, I'm surprised by your uh, your take there. You are the eternal ruse optimist, so it was a 10-goal improvement on Good Friday last year, which I'm surprised you didn't mention. You did... Uh, Bring that margin back, but um, yeah, incredibly one-sided. Um, we, I'm. I'm sure, oh, look, we'll get into the rules probably a little bit later when we're talking about priority picks. But it just, you do so well off the field to get this game up and going. It it just isn't fair to you as a club that the players dish that up uh, on the day. Um, I'm sure you saw it there, but it was a little Ozkicks uh, harsh. So it wasn't kick. It was just a lot of players getting. Sucked into the ball, I found for the ruse, and then the doggies just stayed out, and then you, you know, they just waltzed it wherever they felt like. Because you know, and that, that's an effort thing from the ruse. I mean, it's good you're getting plays to the contest, but it was just a bit of uh, not 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 as much craft in in where your positioning should be, and that that'll probably happen with a young group. Um, for the Dogs, I mean, Waitman exploded in the first quarter and then kind of drifted in for a late one. Uh, Aaron Norton, if he can do that every week, put a Coleman medal around his neck. And Bailey Smith, career game for him, 43. He, he was one of those blokes that benefited from the uh, the ruse positioning in that he just, he just sort of waltzed around the outside accumulating. So... Um, I can't give the Dogs any higher than a pass, um, given who they beat in the Ruse. It's a fail uh, for me. Um, improvement on last year, but not where they want to be. Um, we thought that one was a shocker, but then Friday night was even worse. West Coast looked like they might not score for a, for a stretch there, Seb. I'm sure uh, Pat, who we had on recently, will have opinions here, but I don't know how you can defend that performance from the Eagles. I mean, we knew they had some some bad games in them but this was probably a new low for them in this season uh you know the game petered out and sydney did what they had to do um loving the form of peter laddams for them but um yeah just ugly for the eagles wasn't it
0: yeah it was and and look they they brought in yo shui uh mcgovern being a laid out or a covert health and safety out killed them like he's he's so critical I think he's up there in the coaches' votes, and this is a team we keep comparing to a waffle side. So, um, yeah. they look, they brought in some guys who were clearly underdone with the view that, look, we're that short on players anyway. Let's just get them in. We'll get some games under their belt at AFL level, see what they can do, and, and hopefully set ourselves up for in three or four weeks they're sort of firing. Um, Sydney came over and just gave them a good whack, good percentage booster, and that was all she wrote it's just it's unfortunate but the two perth sides there's there's four or five out tonight for freo that's it's sort of just coming out you can't try to get a little cheeky cheeky tenor on the blues but the markets were down um oh i know so it's just going to be a reality for those sides over there it, it it's crept in a little bit to the other sides but just the way covid's been handling wa with a strict you know we're going to beat it sort of system it's it's just going to come back to hurt them and given the age profile the Eagles and all that sort of stuff they seem to it just seems to be hurting them more it it, there's not too much to analyze with the Eagles unfortunately it's sort of about just getting through seeing what you got in the kids and going from there and and the Swans I'll like I said take a big percentage boost out of it move on to next week and and go again so um up pass for the swans and fail for the eagles like it's it's very hard to grade the performance because it's it's just it's just so tough
1: yeah i'm with you on the pass for sydney i think i might be a little harsher and send the eagles to the coordinator yes they i'm probably kicking a team while they're down but you know i think they broke the record for the longest to score in the modern game so that's just you can't be doing that um, Saturday, the early game. I'll be quick for you here, Seb, because you probably don't want to hear me go. I, I haven't spoken about the Saints for a good couple of weeks and you could it has built up, but I'll go quick. Um, danger game coming in for us. Uh, we just play close games against the Suns. I think our last five, the margin's been 20 points total in the last five games. So it's usually an arm wrestle. Uh, did what we had to do, fended them off little third quarter burst and some steadying in the fourth. Got the job done. Jackie Higgins came back and kicked five. Jack Sinclair's at an all-Australian level. Uh, Jay Gresham just adds class to our um, midfield and up forward. Uh, that's something that you need to take that next level. So loved what I saw out of the Saints, and I'm keeping it brief. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was we let Tuke Miller run absolutely riot all day. He had no one near him. So I think... Um, I mean, he, he. I can't say he didn't torch us. He did. Um, Their back line, the Suns, they do miss a little bit of class. They do have good players back there that get the job done. I'm thinking Collins and Ballard and um, Farah. He's a, a new name down there. Um, but yeah, just lacking, I guess, that Jack Lacocious who wasn't playing to really, really hurt teams. So, plucky from the Suns. I'll give him a pass and I'll give the Saints a pass. Well, uh,
0: well put, Tom. Uh I'd give the Suns... As quick as I could do it, Seb. I'd give the Suns a... F- oh, yeah, I wasn't ready to talk. I thought we had another five minutes of, of time to think. i uh, will give the Saints a pass and the Suns a fail. Um, Suns need to win. They can't afford to lose. It's, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's, like I said, it's the Suns. No one cares. Yeah. Um, the-
1: <laughs> we talk about them a lot though you and me but no one cares like, i think we give them the most airtime on any podcast to be honest we really talk about the suns probably because we well we don't care but
0: we keep talking the about, them. Talk about so them so if you, if we did get yeah. any suns fan in they'd be listening up until i say i don't care and no one cares and then they tune out so <laughs> yeah. maybe that's not the best strategy Fair. probably should go for the wider market and talk up the pies or something uh Adelaide hosted Richmond, Richmond wearing the uh, the Guernseys from the 2017 Grand Final. I don't know if that was a mind game or just a coincidence, but I liked it. Uh, Adelaide, too good. Too good. No, I liked it too. I, I really enjoyed the Crows getting over the line. Uh, Taylor Walker is playing like his first month of footy last year and just kicking goals from everywhere uh Rochelle seems to be a great pickup for the Crows another goal a couple of goals he's uh he's well on track for a big year uh Sloan down with an ACL I'm gonna say it addition by subtraction I don't think he's I think he's seen better days and I think he's holding out players in that team, so I don't know if it's a uh, it's a big put a line through him. It's such a big leadership loss, but this is where players can step up. Um like I think the ability on the field is not what it once was. Um and look for Richmond, uh they're going to get a couple of scalps in Melbourne at the MCG, but we know they don't like travelling and yeah, they they're gonna have some tough losses on the road this year. Um there the, the dynasty, the dynasty whatever you want to call it no dusty no tigers. I think that's pretty clear and pretty safe to say at this point uh, the crows can get a distinction because that was I thought it was impressive the way they won they've sort of played well in patches but struggled to win uh, Richmond get a fail because I keep talking up how they could do something and challenge and do all this rubbish and then you know they just fall short um, how did Nankervis not copper fine for staging did you see that?
1: No. Nah, what happened there?
0: Oh, someone ran into him and he just falls over. Like you think Tomahawks was bad, this was fifteen times worse. He didn't. Co- as far as I know, he didn't cop a and He did twice.
1: Geez, um, maybe uh, off Broadway with the late Avo game helped him there. But he's a big boy, so he, he shouldn't be going down he's unless someone similar their, sized is getting into
0: him. He's their captain falling over like this is their leader (laughs) their captain's falling over and their ex-captain's kicking blokes that just shows you where the club's at
1: (laughs) that is probably the best summary I've heard of Richmond this year um Look, I I don't have too much to add to that. I'll I'll give a shout-out to uh, Elliot Himmelberg. They're calling him the Iceberg. I don't know if uh, that's one of the great nicknames or not for his shock of white hair, but he is in some goal-kicking form. Loving his work. Loving Tom Doty down back. Uh, He's a real good leader if we're talking leaders for them. Ben Keyes, he's turned his career around, hasn't he? And he had an awesome game. Obviously, Tex went nuts. Uh, I'm with you, Seb. Distinction for the, the Crows fail for Richmond, uh, it's as easy as that. Let's see how the Tigers bounce back this week. They've got Melbourne who last week played the Giants and I've got to say I don't know if the Giants know of a bloke down back for the D's called Stephen May but he ran around with no one near him for the entire night. Swallowed twenty. He had 24 possessions, I'm pretty sure he had 6 interceptions uh, he marked absolutely everything he did what he wanted and Dare I say, he's a key for the Ds. If he if he were to go down there, I, I know they'll probably have another soldier step up, but he is really, really a crucial part of what they do. And I'm just waiting for a team to work out how to handle that because we've seen five rounds and it hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, they're, they're flying the Ds. Uh, they've just picked up where they left off from last year and they're getting the job done. They belted the Giants in this game. Um, it was over. Like it was over early. It just wasn't a wasn't a contest. Um, and then they sort of flexed, flexed through that third quarter, and and was it almost a twelve goal win? Very very comfortable. Uh, the D's are on autopilot. But uh, like Tom, how many flags have have been won in April and May? Not many.
1: Yeah, I wish a few more from uh, my point of view. But it's interesting you say that because. Just d 's fans I know there's there 's talk of going undefeated this season seb is that is that too much of a stretch? I mean the ds are getting pretty comfortable where they 're at they haven 't really been phased, and yeah, like you say they 've been on autopilot but is a maybe not undefeated, but are we is a twenty win game a twenty win season on the cards for the ds are they just going to do it that
0: easy It is at the rate they 're going um, I mean they 're a hundred percent strike rate, so keep that up and it 's twenty two but uh, they'll drop some somewhere along the way. They're, they're human. They'll come out. They won't be on. They'll do it against the wrong side and, and they'll lose. But that's... Like, everyone will lose their minds. We're, I don't know. It feels like this year everyone's overreacting more week by week. Like, Geelong can't win the flag now. They lost to Hawthorne. But Geelong will come out and beat Melbourne whenever they play. And then it'll be like, Oh, Melbourne have got these problems. Geelong know how to counteract it because of X. And the reality is... It's very hard to be up for all twenty-two weeks. I just hope the D's don't sit up for the for eighteen, nineteen, twenty weeks and then have their drop-off because that'd be harsh. Especially because we think we think <laughs> we might get a grand final at the MCG, two thirty PM start, which would be nice for those long-suffering D's fans. So uh, they're clear flag favourites at the minute, Tom. And you know, if you listened to this podcast earlier in the year, I would have told you that. <laughs>
1: Look, you, you you probably did. Um, for the for the Giants, I guess um you know, bloody Finn Callahan. He was a high pick last year. Uh, that, that, that would have probably bought a uh been a sight for sore eyes, I reckon. Um, otherwise, it was a really forgettable night for them. Uh, yeah, battle to score, particularly in that first half. So, look, I didn't really. I I think I can't pass them for that kind of loss. So I will fail them. But, I mean, I didn't expect them to go near the Ds. The Ds can have a pass. They did what they had to do.
0: Yeah, um, Ds' distinction for me. They flex, took care of business. Um, they can win any way the game's played, which I think is why they are so good at the minute. Um, the Giants can go after the coordinator. Um, they've uh, they've got Leon Cameron out. He's, he's done. He won't coach beyond this year. I think that's been... Is
1: that the new coach in your side, Seb? Because you... you... You smell blood and you go for it. I was going to say, you also do put the reverse moz on coaches. So you you potted Goodwin and he's gone onto the flag. If you got any ill will against Brett Ratton while we're here, uh, you you think he might be in trouble? So just uh, just to get the Saints up there. I'm, now, I'm, um, well, I'm, do, I'm just Campion waiting for trouble. the
0: Saints to beat a real team and then we can talk Saints. Um, oh, there it is. No, well look, um, they're, they're not. They've put off talks for contract extensions till the end of the year. That's just a sign that we want to see how this plays out. And it 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 it's just time. It's just time. I mean, it could be an overreaction because they're playing without Toby, who's a barometer. But um, well, I think Leon's gone. Leon, Ken, what do they have
1: to do to save him? Like, I mean, prelim. If they, I mean, uh, say that again.
0: Sorry. Prelim.
1: Prelim. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Geez, that's not looking close at this stage. But yeah, long season, so things can turn around. But yeah, I mean, that's improvement on last year, so that's not an unfair assessment. Um, uh, he's a long way off that, and the, this team is, like you say, bring back Toby, although I wish it wasn't against the Saints. Um, the MCG on Sunday, we saw a genuine game of two halves. Uh, I'm not sure how to grade this one because, I mean, I could give Carlton a HD for the first half, and I could send them the coordinator for the second so I mean they got the job done against the hungry power it was on their home deck uh how did how did you see this one Seb it's I mean power they were shocking and then they came alive you know with the season on the line so I mean it, they're an emotion based team at the best of times so it's a yeah it's it's an all it's a dog's breakfast this game
0: yeah uh, I'm I'm telling you Tom Carlton are the real deal that's how I see it uh I, I heard this through the week as a young Carlton supporter and they sort of said I'm used to being the team that gets down by 8 goals, finds a way to fight back and falls just short and you feel really good about it. Now we're the team that gets out by 8 goals, has the other team come roaring back and we save and just manage to hold on and you don't feel so good. The reality is they're winning games of football and that's that's the aim. Doesn't matter. Three points, two points, one point, 66. Doesn't matter how many you win them by, Tom. They still count the same. So, Carlton, are four and one. Port Adelaide, terrible. They had a rough draw. They're not playing their best footy. We know that. But they've lost to Brisbane by 11 points, which isn't up there. Not terrible. Shocking day out against the Hawks, round two. No one's going to talk about that. They were just lost in a showdown after the siren, which can, okay, they can go either way. And they lost to Melbourne by 32 points, which in the scheme of things is not a huge loss. It just, they didn't really kick any goals. And now they've lost to this one by Carlton by three points on the road. The power of dropping off. They just, they played some tough sides. So I'm, I'm not going to mark Carlton down for getting out and then sort of letting them right back into it. They're going to need to learn to hold on to that lead better and and not, you know... it's, I guess the concerning thing is it's still the same old issue for Carlton, but what was happening last year was scores were roughly even and teams were piling on eight goals in a row to be leading by eight goals, whereas now Carlton are well in front and then teams are getting their run on, but they're still getting that run on the goals. Um, Voss has made a difference and he's had five weeks at the helm, so... Just give it time. They'll sort those things out. They're sitting at four and one, Tom. I don't have to tell you. It's a good spot to be.
1: No, it definitely is, Seb. I mean, we'll get to it in a couple of weeks, but you do find once we get to round seven, there is not a whole lot of change to the eight. So if they can find themselves with you know, five and two or even six and one, they're sitting pretty. I'm with you. You bank the wins. I said this was a dog's breakfast. It was, I guess, from a pure game point of view, but they did get the job done. Um, oh, Charlie Kerno, geez, he makes a difference to them. When you talk about them being the real deal, the tall blokes don't get any shorter, Seb, and they've got probably two of the better ones as a pair in the comp um, in Mackay and Kerno and, and, and he's... Uh, we spoke about Joe Danaher getting his body right. Big Charlie gets his body right. And, I mean, he's a Coleman medal chance. How would that be? Back-to-back Coleman's for the Blues with different players. But uh, he, he was looking good. I mean, yeah, it, it, they are, I guess youngish group I'm not going to say they're a super young group because that, that would be sort of your Roos your or, or Hawks they're a little bit more experienced than that the Blues just coming into that window but um, it, it could just be that that little bit of youth that they do have in that younger group in terms of running it out um, you do put a lot on the fact that they are winning those games so I think the power if you look at their track record in close ones last year was really I think you know might have been five and two don't quote me on that stat exactly this year, they're already, yeah, sort of 0-2, and 0-3. So it, that's what you need in a season. It's a bit of luck. It's those close ones going your way. The Blues have done it twice, so it might be more than just flukish. It might be a trend. They go right in close games. That'll put them in good stead. I'm waffling here, Seb, because I still don't know how to place this game. I think I'm going to give the Blues a pass and I'm going to fail the power after all that, all said and done. I've walked around uh, a few blocks there, but uh, I'm happy with that.
0: Yep, I'm going to double pass just because I do think Carlton are the real deal and you'll look back at the start of the year and go, within a goal of the Blues, that's a pretty good effort on their home deck. So, uh, double pass. Now, this probably didn't register on lots of people's games of the round, Tom, but I enjoyed this one. Uh, Essendon hosting Fremantle at the uh, the Marvel Stadium. Uh, Pretty even contest till halftime, sort of a kick in it bit of back and forth, uh, Essendon went to sleep in the third quarter and uh, there's some pretty damning footage of their mids just not chasing, not working defensively, which I think has always been an issue for them, um, they're missing some key players, missing some forwards, Freo are missing a guy named Nat Fife. I don't know if you've heard of him Tom, but he's currently the only dual Brownlow medalist running around, uh, and they just were ultra-professional Piled it on And they're sitting Four and one With one loss To the Saints By a small margin So Their season's Looking pretty good And um, You could be critical Of Essendon But I think Based on their First four weeks And the fact They're still missing Merritt Stringer I mean Their forwards are Hooker's retired Tip and Woody Not playing Harry Jones I think I keep saying I've been told He's coming back For a month now Uh, They're missing Players and they, I'll, I'll put my hand up. We got sucked into their last 10 weeks of last year. They're not that side. They're not terrible. They're sort of in the middle. Um, they've got some work to do down there in terms of their defence because they just leak points every week. Um, but uh, as far as it goes, I saw the game going roughly this way, and uh, I, I think people are starting to realise just how good Andy Brayshaw is, Tom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He he probably is the clubhouse leader as we speak of the Brownlow medal. But to be honest, I think he he'll have enough from this first five weeks to have a bit of a lead going. He's been awesome, and he he's just great to watch. He he just plays footy probably the way you know if you envision yourself playing, you'd want to play like he does. You know, he just goes in hard, but he's a classy ball user, and he he can if he can add you know multiple goals to his resume. Geez, he will be. Top three in the comp, at least. Um, you would have been excited. Said Big Matty Tabernacles kicked the biggest bag of the year, just seven straight. He just exploded in that third quarter with four and just took the game by the scruff. I think that's the thing that's just uh, worrying Bombers fans is that this game was up for grabs really at halftime, and then Frio challenged them, and their response was to go to water. That that's the worry that they just didn't have that fight to uh, t- you know to turn things around. Um, I've been looking at it. I think we've been looking at the wrong end of the ground. You mentioned it. They have the worst defense in the comp. And I have been interested in seeing Bombers fans saying, oh, we didn't have Stewart, but what were you doing in round two, Bombers fans? You were screaming at him for not going for that footy that went through the goal. So they're they're an interesting bunch, the Bombers fans. But yeah, it's down, down in defense. They just really just... They just can't stop runs of goals and they can't stop teams scoring. I mean, even when they beat Adelaide, they almost, you know, they scored 99. So it's almost sort of Matty Knight's days where they were happy just to have a shootout. Um, I, I don't think that's probably the brand they're looking for. So, yeah, a lot, lot of soul searching to do for the Bombers, but I guess this backs of the wall might help them this week with Anzac Day. So I'll, I'll reserve judgment fully on them, but it's, you know, they're, what, two games out of the eight now three games out of the out of the top four so any sort of flag aspirations are really going up in smoke when you're chasing at this early stage um Frio were awesome um yeah like I said Tabernet went nuts Will Brody's turned into a great footballer uh I think for this one you've got to give Frio a uh, I'm going to give him a HD and I'm going to fail the Bombers yeah I'm that distinction nice actually, I'm
0: just dis- I'm, I'm distinction and fail um for or good, they just... You can only beat who you play, Tom, but they've beaten uh, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th, and they've lost to... Where are the Saints? Fourth? They've lost to fourth. So, third, third, fourth. fourth, Tom. I, I, fourth. 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 Just just, just call it. Just call it. You, you, Trying to get my live ladder out there. Um, you can only beat who you play. They didn't... You know, it was a close game against the Saints, but... You know, they've got a test this week. They're playing the Blues, and we have uh, Heath Chapman, Hayden Young, who have entered health and safety protocols with a handful of – the couple of the assistant coaches are in ISO. They're they're going to be a little undermanned. Um, so it'll be a challenge, but next man up, next soldier up, it'll be – that might be game of the round, which I didn't think we saw coming into the year, Carlton playing Freo on the Saturday night as game of the round. But here we are. One final game, the Easter Monday game. The game that makes the round drag on far too long. Thursday to Monday is too long for a round of footy, but we have the uh, traditional Hawthorne versus Geelong game, which I might point out had the lowest crowd, I think, in 10 years for any unrestricted crowd. So uh, they probably should take this game off them, given the numbers are starting to dwindle. What do you think, Tom? (laughs) How would you see this game?
1: Seb, I'm the complete opposite of that. I think this is the greatest rivalry in our game. Forget the the showdown, forget the derby or derby or whatever they want to call it over there. Forget the Q clash, Anzac Day. This is the legit best rivalry in our game. I, I can't think of a rivalry that has had this length. We're talking, what, 15 years of at least once a year we get a classic out of these two teams. Um, it's unbelievable, and and this one was. I mean, I, the one knock on it is Geelong have really had the wood over the Hawks if you really look at the head to head. But toss of the coin for most of them. So I, I'm yeah, I've said it before, said, but this is the rivalry in our game at the moment. And yeah, this contest delivered. I think the weather uh, coming in, I thought it was going to favour the Cats, but geez, it it really helped the Hawks who probably aren't the cleanest team by foot, but they didn't have to be because they just played wet with a the footy. They actually outsmarted the Cats by the end of the game in, in their ball movement. I've got to give a shout out to uh, Scrim- Jack Scrimshaw down back. He he just turned into Grant Birchall in look and in play. He he just won every contest he was in, uh, particularly in that last quarter. Um, you know, Dylan Moore's kicking goals out of everywhere. Gunson and Bruce can just float in and kick a couple... You know, Newcombe got the Rising Star nomination and some of his decision-making was questionable, but you can't fault his effort. Um, It's the same with, you know, Mitchell and O'Meara. It it was all about effort and they had it. So, I mean, yeah, thank God the Cats have Cameron and Hawkins because this could have actually been ugly without those two. Um, They just didn't fire a switch. And I'm a bit confused when you sort of get a... You know, one kick, eight handball game from Luke Dalhouse. That they don't have a kid in the works that could do the same thing. So, yeah, look, I'm I can pot the cats all day, but uh, I was super impressed with the Hawks, and this is uh, sort of the makings of of Sam Mitchell in his early stages. This kind of win,
0: yeah. Well, still in the honeymoon period with Sam Mitchell. We'll wait and see. Wait and see how things unfold down there, because I think the Hawks are. I, I they're the hardest team for me to get a read on. At the moment, are they good? Are they terrible? Do they need more? Where are they going? Was their list at all that sort of stuff? Um, but they impressed me. Beating Geelong, I think, is going to be a tough challenge this year. Um, and the fact they got out to that lead, Geelong pegged the back or a front by a couple of goals through that early in that fourth quarter, and then Hawthorn managed to hold on and, and get the win was was ultimately impressive. Um, it's oh, it's a good rivalry. That was obviously tongue in cheek um off the top of this, this sort of review, but uh my my criticism of this game is Thursday to Monday is just too long for a round of footy. We play one on Thursday, we play two on Friday, then we play three on Saturday, then we play two on Sunday, then we play one on Monday. Like it's just it's, it's just too much. It just extends out too much. Um I can't remember who played what come Monday night, Tuesday night, but that might just be for me to get over it, Tom. I might just have to just harden up and, and, and suck that one up. Uh, I'll give the Hawks a distinction and the Cats a fail.
1: Well, okay, yeah, not interesting there. I mean, three-quarter time, Cats are up. Hawks have no Ruckman. We should throw that in there. They lost Reeves Did early. the Cats they're, have a Ruckman? I don't no think ruckman. the Cats Down- have
0: one on their list, do they? <laughs>
1: Well, they've got an old Hawk and Stegler who... Uh, Stegler, Chicken Stegler. I mean, uh, John Segler there. Can't get a game. I think he's injured at the moment. Um, Reece Stanley was playing, but game on their turf. You know, yeah, Hawks without a ruckman and they've capitulated in the wet. So uh, the Hawks can have a HD for me and the Cats can have a visit to the coordinator.
0: Jeez, you love sinking the boots into the Cats. It's great. <laughs> it's great for this podcast knowing just that call, you just hate call them. It how I see it. <laughs> You just hate them. Slip in a little, uh, they're too old joke. Uh, no, nah,
1: I resisted that. This was just a pure effort thing, and they just didn't have it on uh, on that day. Only one day, so week to week. But uh, over to them, they'll probably have a nice cushy game coming up in the next round that'll get them back on track.
0: Now, if I had the patience, I'd edit this audio in, but you literally said, not sure why Dellhouse is getting a game. Surely they've got a kid somewhere who can play, knowing full well what you mean is they're too old. Um, I love it, Tom. We've—I uh, reckon that's the quickest we've got through the grades in a long time. Yeah. Because we do love the grades, but there's more to talk about. And uh, like, where do you want to start? Do we? Oh, sorry. I don't care where you want to start. I want to start on this. <laughs> Go for it. I was watching Friday Friday night, Thursday night, and everyone was sinking the boots into old Mason Cox with his sunnies on. Um, and then Colin would have come out defended him, saying, don't do that, it's a real medical condition, and all this sort of rubbish, you know, it was just a little bit of fun. It wasn't a personal attack. It was just comical. Um, his game of football is actually terrible. He doesn't know how to play it. He looks lost, running around like a chicken with his head cut off at times. But he's still on the... is. Sorry is that wrong to say,
1: oh no, just tell us what you really think there's a just a you're talking about clips that was a dressing down No, nah, look I'm with you he he isn't the twenty eighteen preliminary final goal kicking whiz that we thought he might be uh he is not even a quarter of that player, so look, I know what you're saying. he's worse for the team being in it than out of it,
0: but i'm not I'm not even that like he he, he only here's he, my gripe he only gets a game because he's a big forward and then if you actually look at what he does in those games he, he he's 7 foot he's 211 centimetres and does not go into the ruck like that just that's just bizarre but he is still on a list here 6 years later he's on good coin early on um and my it got me thinking what other big blokes are stuck on lists Tom I think there's a few and so I've done I've actually done some research for this this little rundown like I've actually sat down and got out the old computer no, this is gone I into like. the I gone like into the google the books. and started searching and um I know I made this I mentioned this I couldn't believe this about three weeks ago but Tom Campbell is still on a list your list um <laughs> ex-dog ex-roo he's 30 um don't know what he's doing VFL on the list. BNF
1: winner wasn't he one year?
0: Yeah, twenty nineteen. So I think we. I don't know if we won a game that year. Um, still he's still on, on a list. Big Mason, thirty-one. Collingwood's still on a list. You know, Lockie Keefe, ex Collingwood, now Giant. is still on a list. He's two hundred and four centimeters, and he's thirty-two. I didn't know he's still on a list. Um, yeah, didn't realize he was thirty-two. Right? Yeah, there you go. Now. A couple of players. Well, this guy apparently played on the weekend. Andrew Phillips for Essendon, but he was played for all of three minutes and was subbed out. I couldn't believe he was thirty. I'd never heard of the bloke till about a month ago. Um, he's clearly just on that list because he's tall. Um, Jordan Roughhead noticed running around for Collingwood. He's two hundred one centimeters. Uh, not sure what he's doing on the list. Can't play. Um, and here were two names who. And I just looked at the, I looked at blokes over two hundred centimeters. I didn't get anyone who was under, or well, twenty six. But there were a lot around twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, that their time will come to make this list of um, blokes over two hundred centimeters who are completely useless. But um, Rory Thompson for Gold Coast Suns. Don't know him, like don't know him personally, but don't know him from, like, watching the game. I don't know if he's ever played. You could. <laughs> um, couldn't pick him out in the lineup. <laughs>
1: no, nah, that, that's wow. No, nah, look, this he is factual. was in some sort of form in like the mid twenty tens. I think he he looked like he could have been the next great, you know, Stephen May centre half uh, back. But he just has had no luck with injury. I, I I actually didn't know he was still on a list. I thought he'd retired, given that we haven't seen him in four years.
0: He hasn't played a game since twenty eighteen, but he is still on a list. It's just, yeah. That's just that's Elise Coger, and Kieran Strawn from Adelaide. Do you know anything about him? Was he going to be the next uh, the next Daniel Talia or something like that? Are you going to tell me that now?
1: Nah, all I can tell you is what you've written on the run sheet that he's twenty six and he's two hundred and four. That's all I know. I did. I wouldn't even pick him in a SuperCoach lineup for rookie value. I don't know who he is. See, I think but this. I,
0: I think I'm missing this because I haven't. Um, now you buy the footy record. I don't get that anymore, so I just don't know. But um, oh, he's only been newspaper. on a he's only been on a list for two years. Played a total of one game. Um, oh, this is great! <laughs> he's played one game against North Melbourne, lost it by sixty nine points. How'd you go? You've played one game in the last two and a half years, and it was against North. You think you'd be a chance for your win? <laughs> you but <can't> nah. no, <laughs> sixty nine points. Get that up, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's 26, like, what's he doing on a list? you got to find someone who's younger. It just, it baffles me how some of these blokes are on lists. Um, I would have had Tom Hickey on this list if he wasn't in all Australian form start last year. He's a journeyman, but he's played some outstanding footy. I want people to tell me why these blokes are on these list. Have I missed anyone, or do people remember any others from, you know, sort of the early 90s, mid, mid-naughties? I'm sure there are a few blokes who just sort of snuck him. Um,
1: Jeez, I thought you were going to say the classic uh, Spider Burton, but he, he, he did he a few a great things. Tap Buckman. Um, yeah, I was there thinking of like I was going to say, yeah, I didn't want you to pot him.
0: Daniel Izachenko.
1: Yeah, we, we had big uh, Michael Ricks at the Saints for a stretch there. Uh, I'm not sure what he was doing. Um no, nah, that's harsh to Rixie. He was all right. Um, look, Seb, the, these players you've listed, maybe not Roughhead who plays no. full back. Uh, Mar- Mark they're...
0: Porter. Mark Porter would be one. That's
1: a classic one, actually. Uh, Ruse and Carlton, if I'm not mistaken. Look, they're all breaking case of emergency types, and we're talking a real serious emergency. So I'm looking at, uh, like, Hawthorne this week, who don't have really any Ruckman. I think they've got Max Lynch as their last Ruckman on their list. Um you know, if they were in this situation, they'd be breaking one of these blokes out. But I tend to be worried about where your club's at. If if you're needing to go to this level of depth in your tall stocks, I, I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. You're you're really scratching for depth if you've come to this point.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, I just I don't know. I, I think you'd almost be better off having no Ruckman. And just go like the what four the Hawks mids. did on the
1: weekend. Just have uh, you know your big cosy Jason Blake sort of style undersized ruckman give you a bit around the ground and just cop losing the tap.
0: Mate, Sean Griggs a Premiership ruckman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he, he was genuinely playing in the ruck for quarters for the Tigers through their Premiership run. So I there is some value to the really really good ones like your Max Corn. Um, Yes, what's your bloke's name? Marshall or Ryder. Todd Goldstein, not so much anymore. You know, there's... Grunty, do you throw him? Nick Nat? You know, Gr- dropping off Nick Nat. Um, Jared Witts. Sean Darcy for the Dockers is, is, is showing a lot. Um, there's some value if you've got a really well, good one.
1: What you're saying is... Yeah, well, that, uh, that's what I think you're saying here. It's that you've either got your young project starter career type, and then you've got your end of career borderline list clogger type. And if you can get a Ruckman in that middle rung in their prime, then you're onto something.
0: Yeah, but I just don't see the point of having these blokes who are 30 for an insurance policy. Like, all right, Adelaide, you're going to roll out Kieran Strawn. Why not just go with no one and see how you go? Like, it just. <laughs> It just baffles me, Um, and I'll I'll, I'll throw you out one last name, and I want you to tell me how long you think this guy was on a list for. Dan Curry.
1: Oh, jeez, he worked his way from the Suns to the Ruse, and I think back to the Suns, which is rarely seen, maybe seven
0: years. He started on the Swans list in 2007. Jeez. North missed didn't wasn't on for 2012 north for 3 years the suns for 2 years he was in the system for 10 years for a total of 10 games um Jeez. couldn't crack it no no disrespect to him but that's a long time to be on a list to not really play footy um and yeah just oh, my son's going to be tall he might get on a list for a little while tom <laughs>
1: Yeah, the look, that that's the way it does look. You, you, you know, if you can have enough of that, I guess, athletic ability. Well, I mean, I can't even say, you know, they're, they're tall. That's their feature. So I guess that gets them on a list, you know, and their insurance, basically. So, look, I mean, I, it's not an isolated thing. A lot of clubs are doing this, so I don't think it's going away anytime soon.
0: No, it's not. I just... Yeah, I've got real concerns of he using up a list spot on some of these big ruckmen who, let's face it, are not really up to the standard, but uh yeah, it's not going away, but uh yeah. Is mate...
1: um oh. another one. We mentioned him before. Is he, you know, taking up a spot on the cats list, you know, for one Ooh. of their picks in the fifth
0: round? Well, I think they'd be playing him if he wasn't hurt. I don't think they want to be playing Reese Stanley. They Yeah. Uh, Look, I I, I don't know if you're asking a genuine question or you just saw saw a chance to pot the cats. So I'm really not sure how to take this one, Tom. Could be a bit of both.
1: Um, No, yeah, look, like we said, though, I mean, yeah, you've got to reach a point. Uh, I I think, I mean, like we've said, probably take out Tom Campbell because we're going all right, but a lot of these clubs aren't flying. So it just is what you've got to do to get by, I think, and have that that depth Ruckman and just take what you can get and hopefully you've got someone younger coming through or can find someone young I know um, on the weekend uh, Sam Hayes who who's a ruckman for the power he's been sitting on a list for probably three years but he, he looked pretty good so um, you know th- there's arguments everywhere I mean do you want De Koning playing for the blues or do you want pittin that I don't know who I'd go with you know, So, look, if you can get those good Ruckman coming through, please play them. I, I'm with you, Seb. I would rather see the young, gun Ruckman coming through and earning their stripes rather than the old blokes going around again.
0: Yeah. Well, and and let me put it this way. If they're midfielders that age, they're gone. They're gone without a second hesitation. But for some reason, Ruckman, they just need the insurance. Um, but I've just found it interesting. I Yeah. I didn't know who a couple of those blokes were. They've been in the system for years.
1: <laughs> no, like it. said, a good deep dive there. I don't mind it. And if you've got any uh, out there to our listeners, 12 com, Instagram, Facebook, hit us up with some of those classic tall players from days gone by. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the books and see if I can't find some magic out of the 90s over 200 centimetres and see if I can't bring it. But there's got to be some classic names out there that we're missing.
0: Yep, best answer read out on the podcast, and I'll see if I can find a keychain for that answer.
1: Yes, loving the keychain. Uh, we, we uh, I don't know if you wanted to go into the uh, powers season, or did you want to get into the mailbag, Seb? What are you feeling?
0: The uh, power's off, isn't it? Yep. They're done. Yeah. Kenny's right. gone. Um, it's just, when, when does he leave? When, do, when would you sack him at the bye? That's when I'd do it.
1: What are what are we expecting them to be at the buy? Say twelve games. Are they going to be what three and nine? That that's that's grounds for sacking, if you ask me. What if they're maybe five and six? If it's an eleven game point, do they have the buy? I don't know it off the top of my head, but I mean, is there any coming back? If he shows some fire and they string a couple together, is it going to you know delay it, or is this
0: inevitable? Uh, it, it's inevitable, but. I think he deserves the right to coach out the year. It's it's not going to – well, sorry, to keep coaching for sort of a, a period of time. It's not going to benefit you if you sack him now versus in a month. But you do sort of need to be the first club with the coach off the board because then you can actively start looking. So they can actively seek out Clarko and go, well, what do you think? You know, you're assistant here early days. Do you want to come back? Adelaide? Cost of living's lower, there's lots of positives. They can start sounding those coaches out. Um, if you still got your coach and you're sort of pretending you don't want to sack him but you do, then the other coaches get swept up and then you've got to sort of scramble late. So uh it'll be midway through the year for me, um, when I'll be sacking him. It could be a race between them and the Giants. We just don't know. Who's who's gonna be travelling worse, Tom?
1: Yeah, true. Well I've pulled up the powers next few games, so they got the Eagles at home, Saints away, Dogs at home, Ruse in blood, Ruse down in Tassie, and then Ooh. the Cats in winnable chance for your boys, and then they've got the Cats down in Cardinia, so probably not a whole lot of wins on offer there. I guess they got the Bombers at the Adelaide Oval after that. So look,
0: that's two and can't eight. See that's two and, of those, two and two yeah. nine stuff. Yeah, no, they they're cooked. The power is off, Tom. There it is. Yeah, look, you'll claim a scalp out.
1: from a twelve rows back host. Um, I've got to get. Let's one, move man. on to your club. Yeah, no, you do. Let's move on to your club, though. Good Friday footy. Uh, it obviously wasn't pretty, and we've gone over it. But you want to hold on to the game, or do you think they're they're right when they say they should take it off you?
0: Who says they should take it off us? Do you know who's actually like sat down and said that it should come off us?
1: No, it's all, all media-driven. Uh, no one in AFL House is saying it. It's all in this uh, this beat-up that you've mentioned uh, early in the year. We're, we've got hysterity about... Um, sorry, we're getting hysterical about certain issues. Uh, this one was just getting airtime of what I was listening to.
0: Yeah, so I don't know who's actually pushing for it. I think a lot of people in the footy world actually go, yep, nah, they've tried to build it, you've got to let them grow. Um, I think most people are reasonable in looking at it from a, um, it's stupid to keep trying to move. It's stupid to not let them take the marquee game, given all the work we've done around the game, building it up. Um, and anyone who's citing the the crowd sizes, they were down across the whole weekend. Easter's a terrible weekend to have a, um, quote unquote marquee game. Especially on the Friday, because everyone goes away Thursday morning, Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning. Easter Monday, people are coming back on the Monday, and they can plan it, because it starts at 3.20. Oh, yeah, we'll just try and sneak into Melbourne around 3 o'clock, watch the game, and go home. And very difficult. There were no crowds in any of those games on Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah, I think we were still the third or fourth best crowd for the round, and we've played a side that doesn't draw a big crowd either. Um and then, if you want to talk quality performance, we've met, we're the bottom side, and we've been put up against last year's grand finalists. What did everyone expect us to win? Really? We had a terrible first quarter, but I think uh, I think it was the great uh, the great fence sitter Cameron Ling declared. Everyone turned off after halftime. Um, it was actually a three goal game at halftime, so. If you're turning off three goal games, then you're probably not going to watch many games of footy across the weekend after <laughs> half time, are you, Cameron? Um, <laughs> you might a, have to good actually pay attention and, and do something instead of trying to sit on the fence and just sort of, you know, give some love to the other ex players in your little boys' club. Um, it's just farcical to think that it might be taken off. And, you know, there's. If, if we haven't taken off some of the other. Um, some of the other marquee games of clubs that have gone terribly through the years, why is this one any different? Um, but well, yeah, just... that,
1: that would be my point. I mean, we, we've watched the Blues ruin the season opener for 10 years straight until they straightened up this year. So, I mean, that that one keeps happening. Um, I mean, what what's the ideal matchup really, for this game? I, I don't know if it is Rue's dogs. Do you need a slightly larger club to pair with you to just really get it going and you know turn 32 into a 35, into a 40, and then go from there. I mean, should you, you did play the Bombers one year. I mean, it, there's, there's a little bit of rivalry and a bit of hate there. Would they be a better opponent?
0: Well, I think we got 40-something to that game. You could argue that, but just let it grow. Let it grow organically. Let it grow naturally. And go and watch your team. Don't worry about what's on on that day. Like, it just... Yeah, it doesn't um, – I don't see uh, – we love it in this country to tear people down, but I don't, just don't see the benefit. And if you want a truly national comp to sort of really be a thing and, and, and let teams grow, you got to give them things and let them build it. And let, let's face it, the Good Friday appeal is all around raising money for the kids, and that's been done exceptionally well by both the club and the people involved in the day. Um, so – yeah, it's, it, it's farcical, and I, I don't want to discuss it again on the podcast, Tom. I don't know why you brought it up.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate, even though you wrote the run sheet. What about uh, calls for your boys to get a priority pick? Now, I, I don't know if you've looked back, but I think you've won eight of your last 44. Uh, not a great track record. Do you, do you need some some assistance from the draft? Do you need a priority pick? Be that end of first round. I mean, do you, I'm sure you'd love another top five pick uh, you know, do you need some help? What's going on?
0: you Are saying we'd love another top five pick to go with our two?
1: Well, yeah, you got to build Gee, some. that's, no, a, that's you... a
0: lot. How many have Carlton got? Seven.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So you're saying you do need the help. You would like more top-end picks.
0: If they offer the pick, you'd be dumb not to take it. Um, but... No club should ever get a priority pick. It goes against the fabric of the game. Um, just scrap it. There's no need for compromised drafts. If you're bad, you're bad. You've got to find a way to work your way out of it. Throwing another draft pick in the mix doesn't actually help the club. It just puts another youngster in. and Sometimes that youngster... the <laughs> club, If the club's no good, they're not going to develop. Just because they get two instead of one, they're not going to develop them any better it just it, it shouldn't be a thing um, they need to scrap it and uh, while they're at it they need to get rid of their academies and their father son rules Tom to keep the draft pure and simple every club's got the same access but that won't happen um, but the priority pick definitely should go they should never award one again
1: yeah there, there it is so you'll take one if they offer it but you also don't think it should come in
0: no, as a club, they say, yep, we're going to give you a priority pick. Yep, absolutely, we'll take it. Like, why wouldn't you? Melbourne? Do you got- think
1: the Roos would benefit right now with an extra second round pick? Say it was the end of the first round and, you know, you, you, you probably have picked one, two or three this year and then probably a few at the start of the second round. You know, that, that's sort of three picks maybe inside the top 25. That's got to, that's got to be handy.
0: Well, you go and you take that pick and your, your your actual second-round pick and you find a team like Geelong that finished maybe mid-table. Or, you know, or, or Port Adelaide maybe finish mid-table. And you go, here, you've got this pick seven. We've got these two picks. You can get two kids in. We'll take the better quality kid and everyone wins. I'd do something like that if I got the picks. Um, you know, if it was the end of first round. But, oh, look, it just... It flies in the face of logic to, to give out extra draft picks just because teams are terrible. Like, stop rewarding mediocrity.
1: There it is. Sp- spoken true. Look, we'll see what the Roos can do. Obviously, we know last year you started slow and you built your way. So you, you'll I, I can picture you up in the stand saying you can take this priority pick and put it somewhere when you probably beat the Bombers by a point later in the year. Uh let's get into the mailbag. There's hey, a few hey, in
0: there. Hey, should the bombers get one? They've won a final for f- 5 or 6 thousand days. It's going to be 7 soon. They probably won't win one this year. Like should they get one? Rubid. Like what level of mediocrity <laughs> is it? not winning many games, but if you win enough you don't get one. But you still haven't won a final. Like it just it just shouldn't be a thing. Clubs have to use everything at their disposal and yeah, I, I, I I will have no qualms about taking one, Tom, but it shouldn't be there.
1: Nah, fair. I, I really enjoy that you somehow got the bomber, a pot of the bombers into that. Uh, that that's just just great form from you, Seb. Um, but look, yeah, let's get let's get in the mail bag. So it's it, it's a packed mail bag. Uh, we've got one here from Ned the Waltz. Not from the Waltz. He's just the Waltz. Uh, nice little plug there. Hello, 12 rowers. Question. uh, Have the AFL missed a trick with the Easter fixturing? No big games with Friday and Monday public holidays. No derbies, no rivalries. North versus Western Bulldogs was a joke. Uh, Outside of Hawthorne versus Geelong, the rest of the games were terrible at best. Even the interstaters, there were no decent games for them either. Uh, PS, 2 metre Peter has to be in the All-Australian contention. Has been fantastic. Uh, might have lost his way at the end there. He's been solid, maybe not all Australian, but I've liked his work actually. Two meter Peter, you can, yeah, you can set your watch to him, Bombers fans. Um, yeah, it's a fair call, Seb. So we were, were just talking North Western Bulldogs, but the rest of the round, I mean, what, what would you say was the, I mean, yeah, ignoring Monday probably because that, that's a bit of a standard. But what was the the best game outside of of Monday's match?
0: Well, Thursday night was a ripper, and there's a marquee up in Brisbane. Sorry, it's not in Victoria, but up in Brisbane, they all get no, they out for that out. game.
1: they packed that one out, didn't they? That was a full they house. They did.
0: Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that Essendon-Frio game in prime time. Like, that that would have been great, to have all eyes watching that, that sort of insipid effort. Um, the uh, the issue with the Easter round is people just go away. People use the four days to do things, so I don't think it really matters what your schedule um like, they're not going to waste a Carlton Collingwood and Carlton Essendon game on Easter Sunday or Easter Saturday for that matter. Like, they're going to struggle with crowds. You don't think so they could
1: turn that in... You reckon they can't turn that... Like, no. an Easter Saturday Arvo game or... No, they Saturday deliberately
0: schedule the Fizzlers on this round. I suspect. I, yeah. I suspect, Look, I suspect it, they it, do it, I it on I can't argue
1: with that because I'm I'm looking at it. I mean, it doesn't... I couldn't tell you really the most famous match-up between any of the sides that played. Like, what... I mean, maybe the 2017 Grand Final for Crows-Richmond, but, I mean, have Melbourne and the Giants played a meaningful game
0: yet? They had a draw last year, didn't they, or something?
1: Yeah, no no finals. I mean, Power versus the Blues, has that ever sort of affected the outcome of a season? I'm with you. They did bury it. Look, I'm with you. It is a tough one. I mean... The interest is in the games happening, but I think the attendances really, really suffer. Particularly, I know, like, you know, with a couple of years of COVID under the belt and this one's finally open Slather, uh, people have taken that opportunity. But, uh, look, I, I do think that they could build something on, on an Easter Sunday, you know, it could even be a Sunday night. Maybe that's the slot to bring back a Sunday night uh, game and, and you've got the net day off the next day. I'm not sure, but... I'm speaking in my position now, Seb, and I'll, I'll join you in uh, parenthood soon, and I'll probably find out that it's a bit difficult to, uh, you know, to, to lock in the games uh, you're attending. So it, it is the families that get there, so it, it probably is why we saw a lot of fizzes. How do you fix it, though, for our uh, man, the waltz? What would you do? Will you just
0: leave it? Oh, yeah, I'd leave it. Look, just accept it for what it is and, and try and go away that weekend. Like try and do something else. It, it's not going to change. Um, I just, you can't have blockbusters every week because every team has to play each other. There's already too much compromising of the fixture to make sure we do get blockbusters no matter what. So you're going to have fizzes across the Easter weekend. And like I said, you can you can blame the roost dogs all you want, but if. One team starts coming up, one team drops back. You're gonna have a couple of good games, and then it'll see saw the other way. Like it just is what it is. I don't know how else to explain it to to the waltz. Um, if you're seeing two meter Peter as all Australian sort of level, um, I'm not sure what games you've been watching.
1: <laughs> oh, that's harsh. He has. A, he's been pretty good. Not all Australian good. I'm not saying that, but he he's probably been in the probably top ten, if not maybe higher, of the Bombers start to this season, given what that is. But he's probably been one of their better players this year.
0: I'll I'll just say there's only going to be three key Fords in the All Australian team, right? So Max King, yes or no? Well, no, two meter Peters probably had a better year than Max King, hasn't he?
1: Has he won any games off his own boot? I don't think he has.
0: No, he did win one last year, but no. Um, Joe Danaher's had a better year. The Hawks had a better year. I mean, Nick Larkey's kicked more goals in a worse side. Charlie Kernow's had a better year. Um, Harry Mackay's got to be in there, doesn't he? Aaron Norton. like These are the key forwards he's competing with, and I wouldn't say I threw Larkey in because I'm a Ruse fan, so take him out of it. Um, I'd still rather have Jezza in that side than Peter Wright. So, no, he's not even close. To be perfectly honest, he's had a good year, but he's not close to all Australian. He's behind all those names.
1: There it is. Uh, keep, keep the mailbags coming, though, Waltz. We we love it. Uh, That's <laughs> good answer. Waltz. <laughs> he's just clipped him on the way out. Uh, let, let's move on to the next one. This one is from a. Constant emailer, doesn't leave names, so we'll leave that as is. But I'm I'm asking this one, Seb, because it's directed at you. Uh, After this performance against the Cats and the Hawks start to the season, has Seb's opinion of the Hawks changed at all? And is Mitchell doing what Clarkson couldn't with the current squad?
0: Well, so I'd, I'd...
1: You, you've potted the Hawks uh, from the from the start of this season. Probably when we were doing pre-season, you were sinking the boots in. They've just smashed the Cats. They've embarrassed Geelong on the big stage. And, yeah, it's a fair question.
0: Yeah, and and North need a priority pick, but we only lost by 15 points. <laughs> Oh, i have not frozen, Tom. I'll just sort of I just <laughs> sort of to let that sit out there in the ether. Um, yeah, everyone carries on, but we didn't kick straight against the Hawks and were well on top in the second quarter. Um, no, I have not changed my opinion of the Hawks after one game. It will take a little bit more for me to decide they're going to be a good side. I can't get a read on them. Mitchell's doing a great job, but it's the honeymoon period. Um, anyone who's been married for more than a year two years can tell you it's great then things change and you got to work through them and it will still be great after that but in some people doesn't always work out so we just got to see what happens with the Hawks just let them keep going like Gunston's kicking a lot of goals for him Bruce is kicking goals for him the two players they tried to offload last year who's coming in who's filling that void um I I don't know, but I, I need to see a lot more from the Hawks before my opinion changes.
1: Yeah, there you go. Mitch Lewis is he's kicking a few, but and Dylan Moore, I guess the the jury's out on whether they can do it for a whole year. We will see. Look, I I'm I'm not the biggest Hawks fan at the best of times, but I'm actually enjoying they're they're watchable now under Mitchell as opposed to Clarkson uh you know who who got results i guess by you know understanding how to win a game but it is nice to see them you know win it with a bit of grunt and a bit of effort and some really slick footy like we saw in that round 2 uh our pal uh anonymous has also sent a second question in a bit of a back to back uh umpires in the afl should be paid as a career and it should be outsourced to a separate company agree or disagree
0: Well, let's say we agree. Do you know which company this is?
1: don't know if there's a company out there that specialises
0: in Aussie rules officiating of any sort. No, there's probably not. Um, So, someone would have to create the company. Who's got the money to create the company? The AFL. But then it's not a separate entity, so now they're just employing their own umpires. So take of that what you will but that'll never happen full-time different argument but trying to outsource it impossible um i think as a competition we need to get off the fascination with picking up on what the umpires did wrong and just sort of watch the game and accept things for what they are but i'm in the minority there i know it's much more fun to blame the umpires than look at your own team that made the mistake
1: Look, uh, I'm. I agree in a sense that, yeah, we we should just let the umpires umpire. But I do think, yeah, it, it, they need to be full time. So that let's just put that square on the table. That would be a win for the competition. Uh, it'd be a win for the standard of umpiring. It'd be a win for the fans. We'll still whinge because you can't impress an AFL fan unless you give a team fifty free kicks, and if you do that, the other team will be up in arms. So it's a no win situation. Um, yeah, the separate company bit's interesting for me. I Yeah, I'm with you. I can't see how it would get funded. I mean, you could probably outsource it to like a, some sort of management company that manages people, but then how are you going to get to that umpiring? You'd have to invent it or add a department. So I'm with you on that half of it, Seb. I think that's just too hard. So... um you know, we've given two sides to one question, but uh, we're probably more in the disagree camp if we're having to agree or disagree with that one.
0: Yeah, uh, it, idea in theory works, but just practically, that's a pipe dream. So I wouldn't sort of try and dive into it. Uh, he has sent one more, and we haven't done a mailbag for a couple of weeks. So I don't think he sent three separate emails together. But I'll, I'll hit, I'll hit you up, Tom. I'll, I'll reverse roles. Are the 30 to 40 possession games for Dangerfield now over?
1: Oh, there's a question. Uh, It's a loaded question. (coughs) Yeah. I'm going to do what we just did in the last question and pick this apart and pick my favourite bits. 30 possession games are well within his wheelhouse. He can definitely rack up 30. Don't worry about that. He is still a champion of our game. Uh, and he still is a lot more skillful and a lot more talented than many out there that can rack up 30. So uh, don't worry, he can still do that. 40? I don't know if he really ever did 40. He's not that kind of accumulator. He he he's an Im- he gets 30 and has impact, which is why he's a Brownlow medalist and a champion. But I I apart from maybe the odd game, I don't I don't even know maybe if you could uh, look that one up, Seb. I don't think he's had a 40 possession game. He might have had maybe one or two in his career, but um, it's not really something he ever did. So, four. Uh, 30 possessions. Four in, Tom. In a what two hundred and thirty game career? How many games has he played? Two hundred and ninety. Two hundred and ninety. Geez, I'm underselling him there. So, yeah, he, he's not a he, he's not a, an accumulator. Great effort to get those, but you know, forty tallies. But. He's, he, but his it, next... It, yeah, they were never
0: his days, so... His uh, next uh, six a... are 39-39-39-39-38-38. It's not as though he, his next ones drop off to 32s, Tom.
1: Yeah, <laughs> look, that, look, that's probably fair, but, you know, we're, we're talking, what, 10 games out at 290. So, um... Yeah, 30 possession games, absolutely. 40 possession games, no, would be my answer to that one. What do you reckon, Seb? Am I out, out, outside the walls with that one, or are you
0: happy with it? No, uh, uh, no, it's fair. He's um he's just injured at the moment. I think that's just... Still? Just it's hitting the... Uh, he's got a, cork, he copped a Corky on the weekend, but he's he's very underdone. And you play those guys because they still have an impact. Kick the goal on the weekend, um, but... It's not the same danger field that just runs with a reckless endangerment for his own safety and just hits the contest hard. Um, And he is, like, he's played 290. He's definitely on the back nine, as they like to say, or the back 10, however you want to put it. I don't know why I said back 10. I meant to say, like, back three, because he's not halfway through his career. He's definitely in the later stages. Um, But, yeah, he he could still have those games. Yeah. I just don't know if he'll be fit all year, based on the output so far, and they'll probably have to keep playing him because they 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 need every player they can get at the minute. The cats, um. yeah, yeah. No, I think you're spot on with your analogy, analysis, Tom.
1: No, nah, a real good set of questions there from uh, from anonymous. We we love the mailbag, so yeah, twelve rows back at gmail dot com, Facebook, Insta. As we always say, you send it in, we will read them out. So, geez, it's uh, it's been a big week, Seb. I've missed this, and uh, we're back in with a solid hour and a half, but it's all quality, uh, as we say. If the fans have got anything, send it through. But uh, it's it's going to be a big round six, Seb. I, I was actually chuckling to myself that the uh, Lions. Saints and Frio make up the top four. It's hardly a uh, AFL Finance Department dream to have those four teams up the top. They'd probably like a few bigger clubs, but it's good to see uh, good to see those teams up there. And let's see if they can keep this form going in round six and beyond.
0: Yep, no, it's great for footy. Um, quick one: Who wins Friday night? Giants, Saints. Toby's back. Danger yeah, game.
1: It, it, yeah. Definitely a uh, a danger game. We did beat them up there last year on their home deck, so I think we can still get the job done. But, geez, I wouldn't want Toby to kick too early. We have made a habit of teams kicking the first two. It's happened the last three weeks. Uh, If Toby kicks the first two, it might just fire them up. So let's hope that doesn't happen. And for all our listeners who I know support the Saints, uh, let's hope the Saints get the job done.